Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a new computer model that may have gotten us closer to figuring out how we choose our mates and a paradox that says you can't ever learn anything new. We'll also answer a listener question about whether the Earth weighs the same as it did billions of years ago. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Are computers capable of love? Probably not. Can they help us understand human love? Maybe. To find out how we choose our special someones, a psychologist has created computer avatars of real people to simulate the dirty work of finding a totally human mate. To create his simulation, psychology researcher Dan Conroy Beam began by recruiting several hundred real-world couples. They filled out surveys about their romantic preferences and the personality traits of themselves and their partners. Then Conroy Beam created computer avatars from that data. The avatars represented their coupled human counterparts as closely as possible, with one exception. These avatars were single and ready to mingle. Next, Conroy Beam ran a series of simulations, each based on a different model of mate selection. That way, he could determine which theory of how we choose our mates actually leads these single avatars back to their real-world partners. The algorithm set rules for how the avatars should interact and behave with one another. When the avatars were all paired up, the algorithm was scored according to its real-world accuracy. So, like, one of the models has the avatars pair with people that meet some set of minimum requirements, then only pair with someone else if they exceed that first partner's stats. Another model is a little more old-fashioned. Female avatars have many suitors and choose the one they like the best, but then ditch them when a better suitor comes along. A third model is basically the bar scene. The avatars choose partners entirely on physical attractiveness and nothing else. Obviously, these models lack some nuance, so Conroy Beam's ultimate goal was to build and test his own algorithms in hopes of producing one that accurately reflects the complexities of human mate choice. And he came up with a model that beats all the existing ones. He calls it the resource allocation model. It's based on the idea that humans have a limited amount of resources, like time and attention, and that we choose the person we think is most deserving of those resources. That's based on both their overall value as a mate and on how much they're investing in us. So are we going to be plugging in a set of preferences and having a computer reveal our soulmates anytime soon? Yeah, don't count on it. The most accurate model only seems to get it right about 45% of the time. So there's still a lot of work to do. If all else fails, we'll still have Tinder. Boo, swipe left. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Mino's Paradox? It's an idea from ancient Greek philosophy that says you can't ever learn anything new. Obviously, you're listening to a podcast that helps you learn new things, so that idea might be a little troubling. But don't worry, even though those Greek philosophers were smart, they weren't always right. And learning why will teach you a lot about philosophy. To illustrate this paradox, let's imagine you want to find out what the animal known as a tenrec looks like. And also imagine you don't have Google. Put your phone down. You go exploring through Madagascar looking for this animal. But even if you encounter one, you still won't know what a tenrec is after you see it. You'll just know that you saw something like a tiny hedgehog wearing a yellow hoodie. 
And if you already knew that's what they looked like, then you didn't learn anything new by seeing one in the wild. This is Mino's paradox. Either you already know something, so you can't learn it, or you don't know it, so you can't verify it. It first popped up in conversation with Socrates. This seems to make sense. So does it mean we're out of a job? I'm happy to say that the answer is no. I mean, after all, humanity has learned a few things since Socrates' time. Like sandwiches. We didn't know what sandwiches were back then, right? So there must be some kind of loophole to the paradox. And luckily for us, there is. There's a big fallacy right in the middle of it. Let's restate the paradox real quick. Either you already know something, so you can't learn it, or you don't know it, so you can't verify it. Well, in the first case, knowing something means the answer to your question. If you already know the answer, you can't learn it. But if you don't know the answer, you can totally verify it. So that makes the paradox wrong. In the second case, knowing something means the question you need to ask. If you don't know the question you need to ask, you can't verify it. True. But if you already know the question you need to ask, can you learn something? Absolutely you can. This commits the fallacy of equivocation, where one phrase is used to mean two different things. In this case, something. Knowing something means two different things. And this fallacy might make things seem true even when they aren't. It's like saying stars are basically balls of gas and Guy Fieri is a star. Therefore, Guy Fieri is a ball of gas. It's the kind of thing an eight-year-old would say on a playground. So, cheer up, Curiosity fans. It turns out you can learn all sorts of things after all. We got a listener question from Rob in Cedar Falls, Iowa, who asks, Does the Earth weigh approximately the same as it did a billion years ago? Or is it gaining or losing mass? He follows up with, Also, do Curiosity Daily fans have a name? If not, I think we should be called Curios. And then if you had an advisory listener board, you could call them the Curio Cabinet. I'm not even going to charge for that winning idea. I don't hate it. We'll have to workshop it a little bit. <laughs> Curio makes me think of Cheerios for some reason. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the pun master here. If there's one thing I've learned from this job, it's that curiosity is a hard word to say. It is. We've gotten much better at it. <laughs> We've practiced about 8,000 times, so I think we're... I think we're getting there, but boy, first episode of the Curiosity Podcast is like, what podcast? Curiosity. Yeah, it was like, it was like curiosity, curiosity. It's, it's difficult. Say curiosity 10 times fast and you tell me it's not hard to say. Anyway, back to your question. Has the earth maintained its svelte physique over the years or has its weight changed? I'm going to be pedantic here for a second and say that Actually, the Earth doesn't really weigh anything because weight is a measure of force exerted on an object and there's no external force holding the Earth down. So what you're wondering about is mass, a measure of the stuff that an object contains, which you did actually say in your question. So fair. So has the Earth gained or lost mass in the last billion years? Yes and yes. <laughs> the vast majority of Earth's mass has stayed put. What happens on Earth stays on Earth. But there are tiny amounts of stuff that are being added and subtracted on a daily basis. Our planet is always whizzing through space, and space is kind of dirty. 
It's full of dust, ice, tiny meteors, and comet leftovers. And thanks to Earth's gravity, we pull that debris into our atmosphere on a daily basis. If you add up everything that lands on our planet from space, from the tiniest ionized particles to the heftiest iron meteorites, it comes out to an added 43 tons of mass every day. Now, considering that Earth is about one quintillion times more massive than that, it doesn't make much of a dent, but it's there. But Earth also loses mass every day. Our atmosphere is full of really light gases, like hydrogen and helium. These gases easily escape into space, so we lose about 300 tons of mass in the form of atmosphere every day. So if you balance the Earth's mass checkbook, we're in the red. Earth loses about 55,000 tons, or 50,000 metric tons, every year. That is inconceivably tiny compared to our planet's mass overall. One scientist said it was the equivalent of an elephant losing a red blood cell. So don't let it hang heavy on your conscience. Thanks for your question, Rob. If you have a question, send an email or a voice recording to curiosity at discovery.com or leave us a voicemail at 312-596-5208. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn why when it comes to connecting during COVID, old tech beats new tech, a frog that has noise-canceling lungs, why marijuana gives people the munchies, and very special Earth Day coverage featuring our interview with... Wait for it. Bill Nye. Yeah, we, you know, we interviewed Bill Nye and it was amazing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, we interviewed Bill Nye. Yeah, we did interview Bill Nye. Yeah, he's he does science or something, right? He's like he's he's a guy that does science. Very nice. He's a, he's a science guy, if you will. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. You may, I, I might have to. That's, you know, Bill Nye, the science guy kind of rhymes. I should uh, I should send that to him. See if he wants to use it. There you go. <laughs> anyway, now let's recap what we learned today. We learned that a psychology researcher came up with what he calls the resource allocation model to explain how humans select our mates with about 45% accuracy. Not bad. It basically says that humans only have a certain amount of resources and we're willing to give them to the person who we think deserves them the most. And part of that comes from the value they bring and part of it comes from how much they're investing in us. That that feels like networking to me. Like, isn't that networking? It's relationships. Networking is relationships. It's all relationships. Also that, all relationships. So remember that. Yeah. We also learned that Mino's paradox is a lie. <laughs> it says that you can never learn anything new. But fortunately, we've learned a thing or two, ironically, since ancient Greek philosophers were around. And this paradox includes a fallacy called equivocation, where one phrase is used to mean two different things. Sorry, philosophers, your flawed logic doesn't fool us. It's like when somebody's like, you're not a very ethical person because you have a bad work ethic. Because like ethic means two different things. Oh, there's so many. Oh, that's so. Oh, man. <laughs> I know my son's going to start doing this when he's like six and it's going to drive me up the wall. So I'm just trying to mentally prepare myself. There's also the uh, the classic of women's bathroom walls. Everything is OK in the end. If it's not OK, it's not the end. And it's like that. <laughs> that's circular logic. 
Wait, what does that have to do with women's bathrooms? Oh, it's just that's the kind of I know that the graffiti is different in men's and women's bathrooms. In women's bathrooms, it's usually like inspirational quotes and things like you can do it and you look beautiful. And uh, and so that's that's one that I've seen in many of them. Wait, like graffiti, like it's not a sign that the establishment put up, but like, no, it is something that someone carved into the metal bathroom wall. Yeah. Wow. That is radically different than what is in men's rooms. Yeah. None of which I can even talk about on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Two different worlds. Of course, sometimes you get couches too. So I know there's that. Oh yeah, we do. Yeah. It's for our ball gowns. You know, you have to be able to, (laughs) and our fainting. We have to, we have to faint. Sure. (laughs) Well, we also learned that the earth loses a little weight every year. Well, mass to be more precise. We pick up about 43 tons of mass from space junk every day, but we lose a lot more than that in terms of light gases. So overall, we lose about 50,000 metric tons a year. But, you know, we're a pretty big planet, so I wouldn't worry about running out of mass anytime soon. Can you imagine if we lost like a lot of mass and so our ancestors were actually heavier than we were because there was more gravity? Wouldn't that be wild? What if we're getting taller because there's less gravity? (laughs) Wow. Someone write that sci-fi short story. Oh, wait, that's basically The Expanse. Is it? I mean, there is a community of taller people who live on the asteroid belt because there's less gravity and they're called belters. Yeah, they are. uh, They are looked down upon. How ironic that the tall people are looked down upon. (laughs) Did I just use the equivocation fallacy? (laughs) <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> Today's stories were written by Cameron Duke, Ruben Westmus, and Ashley Hamer, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. Join us again Monday on a very slightly lighter planet Earth to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.